0: Stefan hi, and we are the editors of This Container magazine uh, together with Maya Means, um, who couldn't be here with us today to record this, and she's in Stockholm, and we are recording this from Brussels. This Container Edition 8 is our largest edition yet. Uh, We have contributions from 29 authors. Uh, The PDF is available on the Ryle Reading Room to download. You can purchase a printed edition on the Ryle Online Bookshop.
1: This container is a magazine uh, that began in 2016 and is can be seen as like an open host for texts that are produced alongside choreographic practice or performance, but in its kind of expanded meaning.
0: We wanted just to mention the names of the authors uh, before we get into the launch, as not all of them, of course, will be able to be here with us in this uh, audio launch. So we have brilliant contributions from Paula Almeron, Yanni-Andrish pahonen Simon Asensio, Melanie Blazon, Uda Brekke, Juan Pablo Camara, Laura Semen, Matt Cornell, Stina Ann, Emma Fishwick, Lucia Djebrick, Sarah Gebran, Andreas Haglund, Hugo Hedberry,
1: and Alice Hayward, Madeline Hirtentroy, Eleanor Ivory Weber, Nikima Jakutachev, Sonjis Lane, Yojin Lee, Denise Lim, Theo Livesey, Naya Moll, Katharina Mora, Rihanna Newton, Xander Porter, Lena Schwingshandel, and Stav Yainik. Chloe and I will now read the editorial, and this will be followed by audio pieces uh, by Nikima, Mariannan, Madeline, Paula, and Maya. We'd also really like to thank Lauren Bax, Niall Jones, the School for Temporary Lifeness, and the City of Melbourne Arts Council.
0: as a zine for a text produced through and alongside dance, performance, and choreography. Bringing together 30 authors variously invested in dance, performance, and or choreography, this remains true in its eighth edition. Some write more than dance, and others dance more than write. Some practice choreography explicitly, and others implicitly. Since its inception, this container has hoped to contribute to a feminist lineage of textual production. What constitutes this lineage? This is a vast question. The beginning of an answer might start by saying something about genre. If, as Lauren Berlant writes, genre is an, aesthetic structure of effective expectation, a formalization of aesthetic or emotional conventionalities, end quote. Then genre crafts expectation by pointing to what is recognizable in form. If feminism is about wanting the world to be otherwise, the multiplication of genres, inducing the multiplication of imagined stories, helps to recraft expectation towards a less oppressive, less boring, and more just world. Feminist work includes genre work. Poetry, diary, diagram, notes, recipe, critique, the sound file, the epistolary, the essay, the art project. They have all found their way in, sculpting a diverse set of readerly structures of effective expectation. They are to shift Your Worldly Expectations. Feminist heritage envelops this issue. It borrows from drawings by the Furies Collective, a radical feminist collective founded in Washington, D.C. nearly half a century ago in 1971. Their newspaper, the Furies, Lesbian Feminist Monthly, was first published in 1972 and our historical records of the heyday of radical lesbian feminism. Although this container does not speak with the same political demand, it is in the spirit of remembering turbulent feminist pasts and the political potential of any publication that we re-invoke these theories here, up front.
1: Line breaks are popular, and so are non-seculars. As if breaking lines and breaking thoughts allow for the fast jumps in thinking, dancing elicits. The majority of the texts we, re- we receive are multi-directional rather than narrative-driven. Many works scatter across the page. Their, cit- their citational practices, their critiques of linearity, one-dimensionality, overarching storylines and strong determination inform and inspire much of what follows. We, however, do not want to conclude that dance and otherwise performative practices produce non-linear writings only, as if dance forbade strict linguistic production. This issue demonstrates that formal approaches, text adhering to specific formal features, at times feeling out a procedural aesthetic, are alive too. Language and dance are not opposites. We don't dance to express what we cannot express in language. In dance and performance, text is often used as a tool for making choreography understandable, as the easily accessible sidekick of the the abstract, suggestive and or speculative of the performative. How accessible do we want our texts to be? What is the use of close reading and editing each other's texts? How do we create a platform that can support the ambitions within each text? We hope this container is useful to artists working with dance and text. We hope it helps to see thoughts, references, and edited pieces of writing in a broader context. We could consider these texts as choreographic objects, able to be used and moved. We could also consider this container as a dynamic map, a document for what's being thought and processed and performed in this moment from artists across spaces. There is always a process of recontextualizing that comes with making a publication, tuning ourselves to the way that the texts pull one another in just being alongside. Some discourses connect and others counter. They form a partial but dedicated landscape.
2: For a pearl to form, the lucky oyster oyster must live in pristine waters.
3: Plunged all its life underneath those waters. And then luck plays its part. For a pearl to form, diverse matter of luck. Ducky water getting confused with your iridescent glow. A natural pearl
2: begins its life as a foreign object such as a parasite Soft chunk of matter or piece of sand
3: Cosmic annoyance Propelled to form Diverse matter of luck. Lucky water getting confused with your iridescent glow. Intrusion detection system.
2: IDS is activated. Changes in weather patterns. It accidentally lodges itself in an oyster's soft inner body where it cannot be expelled. It's
3: better than screaming.
2: Sound of an enigma that came into the body. To ease this irritant, the Oyster's body takes defensive action. Mechanistic apparatus forgotten on the deepness. But now there are 18 terrible people listening. One is asking herself, what should I do with my eyes? The Oyster begins. Gracious reaction. To secret a smooth, hard, crystalline substance. Once again and again, around the irritant.
3: Microscopic menace.
2: Contrast a cultured pearl. Counts generally. Lucky on human. Human, human,
3: human with suerte. Were carefully implant
2: the irritant in the oyster. Intimate world, rather breaking. than leaving it to chance.
3: Change of chance. Which of all your atoms belongs to the territory of the vital? When is it that your birth takes place? Is it a dead birth momentum? 36 holy months of growth and care. Who did dare
2: to define what is more natural in this world? Artifice, skeptics. Elastic matter for an outer shell, you're not more than what comes from the brain of a dragon. As if the woman
3: Lucky women women, 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 women with sweate sweat
2: who sweat dive into the boiling waters of the lake plunged all to their the life water.
3: underneath those waters.
2: To make their lives were outside that world or perverting it future of the pearl looks bright, iridescent, confusing, shiny, and much
3: more. 31 degrees Celsius, the survival rate decrease, dropping to just 6% after 4 months.
2: I like to think, and the sooner the better, of a... Mutually programming harmony. Filled with shells and electronics. As if they were flowers. Watched over by machines of loving grace. I like to think. Did I have a shell life of 12 million years in... In this case, it's difficult to decide if myself I'm more the shell or the inside. <phone rings>
4: This is a long sentence which begins from the utterance, This is a long sentence. Which begins from the utterance, This is a long sentence. Which begins from the utterance, This is a long sentence. A long sentence, which finding itself caught in a loop, notices that it has in fact performed the action of a sentencing of sentencing itself to being a long sentence, to a life as a longer-than-average sentence, and in that same moment sentenced us too to the sentence of this long sentence. And so, noting now that we are no longer at the beginning of this long sentence that began with the utterance, this is a long sentence, but finding ourselves instead in the middle of a long sentence, which reminding us that it began with the utterance, this is a long sentence, gives itself a thrill. Darting there to that moment now past, while staying here in the middle. Time travelling in the, in a sense in the machine of a sentence. Darting there while staying here. Darting there while staying here. Here in the middle. In the middle of a long sentence the middle ground of the middle describing somewhat loosely as the middle does not particularly the center nor the beginning or ending but some unnameable place in the middle in the middle of a long sentence and destinationless though the middle of such a long sentence may be perhaps the middle is precisely where we need to be making sense, making sentences from the mess of the middle. Because you never really get a clean start. And some of these sentences we live began long ago. Like when, when are these clouds going to part for me? Or what if I don't expect, don't expect them to part? And then this cloud becomes like this moving object, which allows a sense of mm, floating or being there in its in its shape that it doesn't disintegrate at all that offers actually like like a nest or something to something to hold or sort of something to inhabit acknowledging that certain structures hold things and help things to continue like this room or this sentence within a fortress on an island. Like this meeting in the middle, once a prison cell, once a sentence. Like this floor supporting a body, like this ground supporting a sentence, solid and soaked with lead. Like the land of this body, infernal and going on burning. Like this room holding a body, supporting healing and retreating. Like a body already many, broken apart, now reconnected. Like this sentence connecting what happened last week, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Like this sentence connecting what happened last millennia, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Darting there while staying here, staying here in the middle. A sentence grown heavy in the middle. Already made up of many voices, the body of a sentence senses its own body as a sentence, noticing this is me, this is how I rest, this is how I think about time, these are the spaces I move through and these are the things I spend time with, I do not really know what I am, but in you I see that I am me and you are you, made up as bodies are of middles and things less like middles, punctuation and skin. Like a circle unconsciously roused. These connections aren't something we use. They are something we have. A stressed system goes awry. Its communication processes break down. It fails to recognise the difference between self and other. As there, as there is a sort of shudder associated with the action of letting go. As the sentence of a movement, like the sentence of a stone, listens to the direction of a force and follows its purpose in the form of an exhale. Because as I speak, I leave behind a part of my body, which was never actually mine in the first place, which is, as you said, that sort of differentiation between phrasing and sentencing. That was an interesting thing, I think I kind of went aha and we ended up to check the etymology of the word and brought up this reference to feeling and opinion and I shared the relationship to the, to the movement or choreography of thought as its own body and I have very clearly in my imagination the image of you by the windows starting to describe in what this differentiation might be as this sentence recalls its past life as an opinion, as this sentence recalls its past life as a feeling, as a thought not bound to a body, as its own form of unbounded body, as a feeling before a sentence. For I guess there is not really a sentence, if not a feeling, or maybe adopting the performative nature of this action of sentencing I sentence you to feeling, to a long feeling, to feeling the skin, feeling the surface of the skin against the texture of clothes, feeling feelings about what has and hasn't happened, feeling the taste in your mouth, noticing the place where thoughts have gone, touching the part or parts of the world the body remains in contact with, to taking in this vista before us and taking this time that is taking up time taking in what's here while we're here together and relinquishing this format which soon grows old growing old growing beard hairs recalling Ursula while feeling uncertain about what to mention whether to become more personal and noticing my own aversion to it and a desire to retain a sense of universality under the guise of shared conditions. Conditioning conditions, where conditions have already taken shape and lost themselves on various shores of wandering attention. Losing a train of thought and attempting to stay calm in the face of the fact that time doesn't tell us particularly what it looks like succumbing to this uncertainty and noticing a tendency to apologise for uncertainty in my hands as the situation is. But a nice choreographer recently said, no to certainty. And maybe as a new title for Yvonne Rainer's No Spectacle, this is precisely the kind of feeling we need for where we are in this moment of the sentence of a long sentence that reaches for an end but finds itself unending, and so instead offers this list for feeling and uncertainty. Number one, coming together for exchange, mourning, sharing, and raging. Postures for dialogue, alignments for conversation. Number two, The sentence of a commitment to a trajectory. The sentence of an unending movement toward equilibrium. The sentence of momentum. The sentence of a broken apart body. Number three. The force of a meeting. Hyperbolic forms that describe what living feels like. Number four to be read aloud together. A constitution of body parts and others' lives. A sentence written by gravity. Thanks.
5: Alone on a Pathway Mom, I sometimes think about what it would be like if you were dead It scares me more than most things that I imagine I feel like I need you I have allowed myself to need you I begin to trust that there is space inside of you Space for me to be cared for We move towards profound closeness, reliance, trust Over time I learn that you are there for me and that I am there for myself. Perhaps I play with the emptiness of you being gone because I am learning to let go. Our long distance relationship. Not long ago on a video call, I really wanted to be there for you. You were feeling insecure. You looked at me softly with those eyes that ask for love a gentle plea to be understood it took a few moments of just loving each other before you began to talk to me about what matters it was like in those moments of looking at each other sending soft coos we were feeling out the space beginning to understand what there was space for and what didn't need to be verbalized when you began to talk it was clear I could hear your feelings without rejecting them and I could share my experience in return. My mom is woke. Her eyes are open to systemic horrors that dictate so much of human existence. She sees social dynamics for what they really are. She delves deep into emotion and thought, building a foundation She does not hide from the truth, but rather takes it upon herself to pull apart the real from the mess. It's true she is something of a hero, and I feel lucky to have her as a mom. Not because of her convictions, but because she never stops growing, she never stops changing. My mom is a cancer and studying to become a therapist. You begin to talk to me about needing to be seen begging the world not to give up the eternal conflict runs deeper than the immediate struggle between you and your partner but it is contextualized in your relationship and you feel trapped in their tunnel vision recognized not as you but as something that their triggered self is deeply afraid of this misconception hurts you as you feel reduced to a vessel for the reenactment of their fears internalized pain from the past coagulates emotions are murky the dirty water from which the lotus grows ultimately I, want, I don't want to be my emotions but the lotus cannot grow on its own when I experience a loved one as cold hearted withdrawn and completely unavailable I am triggered by their rejection the hurt from the past mingled with the hurt from the present flattens my perception I no longer see the nuances nor am I able to comprehend our purity it doesn't happen often but not long ago I was there the conversation that I was having with somebody that I love very much was going awry their eyebrows furrowed in a way that signaled a receptivity shutdown. they were triggered I tried to talk my way out but we were spiraling into the dark depths of miscommunication I should have gotten up and left so that I could at least hear myself but I didn't it escalated I snapped Then one night they fought so loudly that all night long they could be heard in the village below, their cave And even as far as three mountains away In the morning, however, people saw rainbows above their cave And when they went up to the cave there was nothing left of them at all They had attained the rainbow body Sometimes, rather than responding to triggers with rage I withdraw I raise the drawbridge around my heart and fade behind closed shutters With sadness and gratitude I eventually venture out of my lonely stone castle Either way, the aftermath of such an encounter is an in-depth conversation with self-loathing Self-loathing reminds me that I still live in a relative world I am messy How can we even begin to see our loved ones if we can't see ourselves? A medium in my life often says, how many therapies is too many therapies? We are learning to sit still with the unknown, COVID-19. It's true, change is unpredictable. Transition is happening constantly. In response to shifting conditions, we start to develop a sense of self something that we begin to solidify over time as children we learn to protect ourselves differentiating between me the pain and the mom that i was sure was somehow a part of me what seemed unconditional begins to feel confusing interdependence and impermanence begins to fuck with my bliss Samantha Frost in her new materialist essay titled Fear and the Illusion of Autonomy talks about fear as a response to the obscurity of the unknown. She says that fear compels us to see the wisdom of leaving the uncertainties and violence of the natural condition by setting up a sovereign to rule over us. When we are young we are the victims of all kinds of abuse hurt from the beginning by our parents, by culture by imperialist, white supremacist, capitalist patriarchy hurt is internalized as we grow up it detaches from the initial cause and resurfaces in confusing emotional responses that are often hard to identify we don't understand ourselves and we don't have the skill set to sit still with the unknown we distract ourselves eternally, simmering in an almost bearable depression we learn coping mechanisms to shrink our world into something seemingly controllable narrowing our horizon in situations in which we cannot find the true causes of things we are compelled to suppose causes, fabricating them identity itself is a coping mechanism one that differentiates the self from the other and over time provides us with, quote, reasons and answers. The cleverer we are, the more bulletproof our construct and the easier it is to convince ourselves and others that we have an open mind, that we are not stuck. We hold on so tight to an illusion of possible mastery over ourselves and the world around us we confine ourselves in our own narrow fictions we restrain ourselves from our expansive capacities but we also use mind expansion ideologies as hiding places and ways of avoiding reality we mustn't forget that expansive thinking has been used time and time again against women and other marginalized groups justifying exploitation under the guise of We are so open-minded Fear is a prerequisite in the development of identity A passion among whose effects is the illusion of individual autonomous agency Frost places fear in time as it is equated with an object from the past A memory of fear becomes attached to an object So that object or one similar affects anticipation proposing some kind of understanding of what the future holds each thought or memory with its affective dimension paves a simplified field of action proposing a fake sense of possible mastery over the field of her actions and therefore over the future fear objects can confine us to limited fields of action but they are sometimes necessary for survival. How accurately can we use fear objects as survival tools? This of course depends on how severe the threats were in the past, how high stress levels are, and whether or not the stress is chronic. Chronic stress is often a legitimate response to unflawed perception, perhaps an indication of chronically stressful context. Our anxiety is not inaccurate however, it makes us more prone to illness it weakens us so we carve out little islands for ourselves much of the time people that are healthier are more capable of setting aside anxiety even when the anxiety producing circumstance have not been resolved this is not about truth but rather survival preserving life, feeling alive rather than dominated by anxiety. Survival is about transcending the reality that we live in, transcend or die.
6: Ladies and gentlemen, we are very happy to welcome you here today. Heart of my heart and body is already a corpse. How could flesh possibly have a color? What kind of liquor is that? When jaw muscles relax, atmosphere becomes relaxed as well. The skin of my stomach grew taut like a backpipe and I below New revolution. Highly respectable gentlemen may produce the most miserable excrement. Perfectly proper executive secretaries may desiccate all over the place. They are busy. They forget to flush. The Hunter's Guide for Disputed Belly Object Disappeared When Midnight Lamp Wandered in Deep Ice They call it a thief by its sound
7: Ghosts and other bodies, by Maya means. 1. Masks and faces There is no use in mixing up masks and faces. Despite the fact that eyes can be visible in both, there are two crucial differences. The thing with masks is, they can easily be placed upside down. They can smile upside down in order to cry, and they can cry upside down in order to smile. This trick is harder with faces. The thing with faces is, they have more skin. 1.1. Eyes Eyes are the only part of our bodies that work through, by, and with natural light. As eyes have to do with light, they are closely related to plants. Eyes catch the light that hits them and shine it back onto the next thing they touch. In spite of this, eyes have little to do with mirrors or the moon. 1.1.1 1. Light One. Point 1. Eyes Eyes are the only part of our bodies that work through, by, and with natural light. As eyes have to do with light, they are closely related to plants. Eyes catch the light that hits them and shine it back onto the next thing they touch. In spite of this, Eyes have little to do with mirrors or the moon. 1.1.2 Mirrors Eyes are not mirrors. Mirrors only have to do with ghosts. Ghosts are what you see when you actually see something else. Ghosts can be ghosts in one moment... And then not ghosts in the next moment. Mirrors are the best example of this. 1.1.2.1 Ghosts. Many people mistake breath for presence. Actually breath, like mirrors, is a spectral matter. 1.1.2.1 Point 1. Breath Last night, I woke up with a gasp and slapped myself in the face. As I was asleep last night, a gasp woke me up. I slapped myself in the face and woke up from my sleep. With a gasp and a slap, I woke up from last night's sleep. 1. Point one, point two, point one, point one, point one, night. Any ghost will let you know that nights like these can occur when one's eyes are emptied of light, but full of some other presence. One, point one, point two, point one, ghosts. Many people mistake breath for presence. Actually, breath, like mirrors, is a spectral matter. 1.1.2.1.2. Presence. 1.1. Eyes. Eyes are the only part of our bodies... That work through, by, and with natural light. As eyes have to do with light, they are closely related to plants. Eyes catch the light that hits them and shine it back onto the next thing they touch. In spite of this, eyes have little to do with mirrors or the moon. One Point one point three. The moon the moon is most clearly defined by the fact that sometimes it is out and sometimes not. One masks and faces. There is no use in mixing up masks and faces. Despite the fact that eyes can be visible in both, there are two crucial differences. The thing with masks is, they can easily be placed upside down. They can smile upside down in order to cry, and they can cry upside down in order to smile. This trick is harder with faces. The thing with faces is, they have more skin. 1.2. Skin Skin is a thing of the earth. Skin is closest of kin to the earth. Surface, dirt, softness and a constant friction between both protective and exploitative needs all support this claim. 1.2.1 Friction Surfaces moving over each other with resistance creates friction. One example is a dry-mouthed tongue rasping over tensed lips. 1.2.1.1 tongue. The purest thing in our bodies is our tongues. This explains a lot of things like oral sex and how I stick my pen in my mouth when I don't know what to write. One, point two, point one, point one, point one, purest. When I notice you're leaving and I tell you, you cling to me and kiss me and suck my tongue until I start working again and you have to let go out of politeness and pure physics. I noticed you were leaving and I told you. You let go out of politeness and pure physics. Any ghost, your ghost. You let go and I was working again. I noticed I was working and you sucked my tongue and you left. One, point two, point one, point one, point one, point one leaving.